for listening to the Daily Sports Report on 88.3 FM Ann Arbor, where the puck drops here. Let's get lost tonight. You could be my black cake mouse tonight. WCBN. Just Box a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away oh, I said Hand off his box A box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have Half a mind to leave you Babe that means I have Half a mind to stay It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture. It's so nice outside. <laughs> it's warm. It's pleasant. It's. What's that storm noise coming from? Oh, sorry. Somebody got the sound effect record here. Let me let me just turn this off real quick, okay? Boy, is that embarrassing. National Weather Service is going to make a fool out of me, I tell you. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. My name is Mike. And aside from scary things happening because it's Halloween, well, we're going to have some food-oriented news from Michigan, food and politics, politics and food, food and culture, and, and, and music as well. That's what this show is all about. In the meantime, Halloween's coming up, yes, yes. And it's not just about what you eat. It's about who's eating and who's eating who. If you know what I'm saying, you don't? Well, here's Jiminy Cricket and Rika Moore, and this is the Cannibal Song. Keep count now. Once upon a time there were ten little cannibals swinging on a vine. One tried to pat a big wild cat, and then there were nine. One of the nine drank turpentine, and then there were eight. Then one more fell dead on the floor, and seven was their fate. One went in politics, then there were only six. One took a dive, now five we see. One went to Singapore, then there were only four. One turned green, and then there were three. One fell into some blue, then there were only two. They drank from a loving cup. One became a skeleton, then there was only one. And he ate himself all up. Then, of course, there were none. Now let's do it again and sing the answers. Let's sing along with this cannibal song. Once upon a time there were ten little cannibals swinging on a vine. One tried to pat a big wild cat. And then there were nine. Ah, gosh, trying to pat a wild cat. One of the nine drank turpentine. Then there were eight. 
then one more fell dead on the floor, and seven was their fate. We're certainly subtracting cannibals in a hurry. One went in politics. Then there was only six. One took a dive. Now five we see. One went to Singapore. Then there were only four. One turned green. Then there were three. One fell into some blue. Then there were only two. They drank from a loving cup. One became a skeleton. Then there was only one. And he ate himself all up. What a silly thing to do. It's the cannibal song. That's so cute. I love it. It's Rika Moore and Jiminy Cricket. Two of the great artists of our time, two great artists of 20th century music. And the Cannibals song from the album Addition and Subtraction. I have the LP here, and somebody has written in 10 minus 1 equals 9 minus 1 equals 8 minus 1 equals. Somebody wrote on pencil on the sleeve, but they didn't actually answer. The only one they got was 1 minus 1 equals 0. That's the only one they actually did the math on. That's a good place to start, though. It really is. We're certainly subtracting cannibals in a hurry, aren't we? And I, I wish I could sing that every morning. Cannibals swinging on a vine. You know how you start singing deep and the longer the day goes by, it's harder to sing deep. Just sharing. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. Thank you for listening as I let these feelings out. But, you know, speaking of Halloween and such, zombies are certainly a, a wonderful treat at Halloween unless you get eaten by one. But what do zombies love but big brains? I have some news on big brains from Wired.com says here, eating a raw food diet is a recipe for disaster if you're trying to boost your species' brain power. Now, I don't think they're actually dissing all raw, raw food. I think they're talking about, well, you'll get it here. It's because humans would have to spend more than nine hours a day eating to get enough energy from unprocessed raw food alone to support our large brains, according to a new study that calculates the energetic costs of growing a bigger brain or body in primates. But our ancestors managed to get enough energy to grow brains, brains, that have three times as many neurons as those in apes, such as gorillas, chimpanzees, and orangutans. How did they do it? They got cooking, according to a study published this week in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. In the late 1990s, when Harvard University primatologist Richard Rangham proposed that the brain began to expand rapidly... Okay, let me try that again... He, did the, he made this proposition in the late 90s that the brain began to expand rapidly 1.6 million to 1.8 million years ago in our ancestor Homo erectus because this early human learned how to roast meat and tuberous root vegetables over a fire. Mm. Cooking, Rangham argued, effectively predigested the food, making it easier and more efficient for our guts to absorb calories more rapidly. Since then, he and his colleagues have shown in lab studies of rodents and pythons that these animals grow up bigger and faster when they eat cooked meat instead of raw meat, and that it takes less energy to digest cooked meat than raw meat. So in a species way, it's interesting learning about how raw food was eaten. I wonder what kind of recipes they had back in the day, that 1.8 million years ago. Not too many cookbooks back then, but i just like to say one more time, brains. In the meantime, a recipe for you. This is Screamin' Jay Hawkins. This is a prerequisite for any pre-Halloween show. This is a recipe for alligator wine. I suggest you stand back. Seriously, stand back. (laughs) 
Somebody help with that guy. That's uh, Screamin' Jay Hawkins and Alligator Wine. Hope you wrote down the recipe there because there will be a quiz later in the uh, kitchen when we're all done with this. That's from his collection, Voodoo Jive, the best of Screamin' Jay Hawkins. One of my favorite misheard lyrics is in that song because Screamin' Jay Hawkins was known to come out of a coffin during his concerts back in the day when he was among the living. And so I thought of coffins when I heard the line that I thought he said, which is, it'll make your coffin sneeze. And I thought that was pretty surreal. Your coffin is going to sneeze, you know. Actually, it'll make you cough and sneeze, which makes a little more sense. I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of my misunderstanding there. Pandora's Lunchbox is the show. My name is Mike and will be for a while. This actually is a bit of Michigan news. This is from yesterday, in fact, about politics and food, actually drinking and politics, which is a dangerous mix. The Michigan Liquor Control Commission agreed yesterday to stop enforcing its rule that prevents businesses with liquor licenses from displaying election signs. In a lawsuit last week, the ACLU of Michigan argued that the rule, which took effect in 1954, violated the First Amendment amendment by denying individuals who own businesses that sell alcohol their fundamental right to express their views about political candidates while allowing signs on virtually any other topic, including commercial signs, signs about ballot initiatives, and advocacy signs addressing social issues. 
In addition to agreeing to stop enforcing the rule, the Liquor Control Commission has agreed to expedite the process to officially rescind the rule. Before the ACLU case was filed, the penalty for violating the rule ranged from a $300 fine to loss of a liquor license. Several weeks ago, the owner of the Outbar, Martin Contreras, posted signs in front of his business supporting John Dingle for Congress and Carol Conkey for Washtenaw County Circuit Court Judge. But after learning about the no-election signs rule and consulting with the State Liquor Control Commission, he removed the signs. The ACLU says that in light of the new decision, the signs will be posted again immediately. Sounds like time for a drink, maybe with some meat. Okay, I just bought this CD uh, by Manfred Mann, actually, and I know of the song Up the Junction by Squeeze. I played that last week because the bar, the devil came and took me from bar to street to bookie, he sang in that song. So there's your drinking reference there. But the song Up the Junction, I thought, is this some kind of English slang for up a creek or something? Well, it turns out to be a reference to a movie from the 1960s called Up the Junction, about the seedy goings-on in a number of uh, neighborhoods in England whose names escape me right now. But there's a soundtrack to Up the Junction written by Manfred Mann, performed by Manfred Mann, and wouldn't you know, there's a song about food on it. This is exciting. This is Brown and Porter's Meat Exporters. This is not spooky, but look out for that uh, swinging leg of lamb, okay? Just look out for that. It's a long, long way from Birmingham to London town. Hey, hey, when you need a lift and everybody turns you down. Hey, hey, blisters on my feet, nearly had me beat. And to Brown and Porter's meat exporters, Laurie came.
I warned you about that leg of lamb. Now you're black and blue. It's awful. It's scary. Not very scary. That is Man for Man. And they have a lovely song from about that same time that runs through my head whenever I hear that. Another song called Semi-Detached Suburban Mr. James. But that's a different song. It's called, it's called, it is called Brown and Porter's Meat Exporters. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and culture. Arwolf will help us to face the music in less than 15 minutes. But in the meantime, something interesting from the Huffington Post about a photographer from Ann Ar- from Detroit. Sorry, Noah Stevens is a photographer from Detroit, and he's using photography to address a negative portrayal of Detroit. That Detroit is a food desert where residents struggle to access fresh produce. Last September, a report by think tank Data Driven Detroit found 115 full-service grocery stores in Detroit, not including the large and busy Eastern Market. But the existence of stores doesn't guarantee a wide selection of fresh produce and healthy foods, nor that they are accessible to residents in a city with a significant lack of public transportation. So Stevens is going further, setting out to document the city's grocery stores, 110 of them at his count, with his camera. He aims to create a visual survey of the food landscape, a project for which he's raising funds on Kickstarter. In just eight weeks, he plans to photograph every grocery store, its produce, shoppers, and the routes they take to get there from their homes. He will also interview individuals about their food choices and shopping habits, resulting in a website and a photo book. He's already gotten a $1,000 donation, $1,000 grant from the Awesome Foundation. Seriously, the Awesome Foundation. Awesomefoundation.org. Look it up. I'm not kidding. And his deadline to fund the project on Kickstarter is November 10th. So his name again is Noah Stevens. He's a photographer from, from Detroit. And Stevens is spelled with a P-H. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. And now a word from our sponsor. Creamy pumpkins. When the land tilts, run north. Leave the family. You are the important one. The dreamer. The world needs its dreamers. Heads like creamy pumpkins. Quiet skin. Eyes that swivel round like smoke. Like turquoise. Like bulby grapes. Seeing where others face an empty flat wall. The land tilted. And I ran south. For not only did the land tilt the other way. But no one tells me what to do. I ran through snakes in the mud, boiling heaps of string screaming like a million kettles, and reached a woman kneeling on a bush in her nighty, terrified. I leapt up beside her, but only for a moment, for she was beside herself, and there was no room. Thank you, Ivor Cutler. For a spookily strange tale, Creamy Pumpkins, and a a creamy and strange tale from Ivor Cutler from the album Privilege. Lovely, lovely. And here's a little bit of news for you. Speaking of scary, let's see if I can get some of that scary storm going here. Hold on uh, just a second here. It's uh, scary. uh, Here we go. What was I saying earlier? Oh, my God. It's a nice day outside. It's warm and comfy. It's really pleasant. (laughs) And there are cats, and they like cat food. But, uh, yeah, some people are scared by Monsanto, so if you are scared by Monsanto, perhaps you'll be interested in this. There's a film called The Monsanto Hearings, 
which is going to be showing at the Museum of Contemporary Art Detroit, also called MOCAD. It's this Saturday at 8 p.m., and admission is free. This is an hour-long documentary film of an ongoing political art project dealing with the genetically modified crops of the agribusiness giant, Monsanto Company, and the effect of those crops on people and the land. Mock trials were held in Carbondale, Illinois, and Iowa City, Iowa. The film features selections from the testimonies of ordinary people, speaking as farmers, veterans, seed cleaners, researchers, gardeners, and activists, as well as creative testimony by poets and performers, speaking as soils, animals, and crops. So this is called the Monsanto Hearings. It's going to be at the Museum of Contemporary Art Detroit, also called MOCAD. It's this Saturday at 8 p.m., and admission is free. Well, we had a sports show not long ago, and I think we need to take just a moment to do a little bit of uh, station identification. Shall we? Here's the report from the World of Sports on WCTN. That's more like it. So this from the World of Sports from the Los Angeles Times... This, I'm reading sports from the Los Angeles Times on a food show in Michigan. What do you know? This is the headline, Live Leopard Shark Drops from Sky onto Golf Course. It's scary. It's Halloween. It's true. This is written by Houston Mitchell of the Los Angeles Times. A shark fell from the sky and landed near the 12th tee at the San Juan Hills Golf Club in San Juan Capistrano on Monday. Wasn't there that song, When the Swans Fly Back to Capistrano, Arwolf? Do you remember... Swallows. The swallows fly back to Capistrano, which is, like eating, sort of. which is kind of like eating, and yet this was a shark. It was just wriggling around, director of club operations Melissa McCormick told the Capistrano Dispatch. Honestly, this is the weirdest, th- the weirdest thing that's happened here. Honestly? The shark, a two-foot-long leopard shark, was discovered by an on-duty course marshal who loaded it onto his golf cart and drove it to the clubhouse, where he put it in a bucket of water. This is sounding like an Ivor Cutler... Uh, monologue. Fellow employee Brian Sitzer then drove the shark to the Pacific Ocean. Gave, put a, put a seatbelt on, presumably. The Pacific Ocean is about five miles from the course. I thought he was dead, Sitzer told the dispatch. When I dropped him into the water, he just lay there for a few seconds, but then he did a twist and shot off into the water. Experts think the shark was snatched out of the ocean by a bird because it had puncture wounds near its dorsal film, fin. It had a little bit of blood on it, but it was still alive, McCormick said. We didn't want to waste any time. Poor guy, he got dropped onto a golf course. Julianne Steers, chief aquarist, aquarist, that's our new word for today, at the Ocean Institute in Dana Point, said, I've seen peregrine falcons, and we do have ospreys. Between the two of those, ospreys are probably more frequent. Those are the only two that would have had the strength to pick up a shark, presumably. Wow. So, live leopard shark drops from sky onto golf course. A true story in the Los Angeles Times. And I think we have another uh, food story here from Mr. Screaming Jay Hawkins. Screaming Jay, mister? Do stand back. Cut the fat off the back of a baboon Boil it down 
to the pound, get a spoon. Scoot the eye for a fly flying backwards. Take the jaws and the paws off a coon. Take your time, I ain't lying for good cooking. Cause the rest of this mess ain't good looking. Take the fleas from the knees of a demon. Tell your pals and gals will come screaming. To the feast with the beast of the mouth mouth. They make wine from the spine of their build down. It's a test for the best for who stays. At the feast with the beast of the mouth mouth. Your teeth with a piece of a goose toenail At the death steal the breath of a drunken jail Pull a stem off your friend with a razor blade In tonight change the mind bring back yesterday Shake your hip, bite your lip and shoot your mother-in-law Put on your gorilla suit, drink some elbow soup and have a ball Get it straight, don't be late, it's time for mad fun the mile miles has begun. Ah! I'm the beast with the beast of the mile miles. They make wine from the spine and they blow the hole. It's a test for the best for who stays. At the feast with the beast of the mile miles. At the feast with the beast of the mile miles. How they talk, man? They go like this. How about you? How about you? How about you? How about you? And how did the women talk? What you want when you want to tell them you want some more to eat, man? Well, how about give me some more of that meat there? And pass me some of the inside of that pie and spread some spread on it, you know, in between the toes. Yeah, sock it to the half. What? Who? Sure tastes good, man. Give me some more of that inside soul. Yeah. What do you mean you ain't got no more soul? Keep on eating, man. Beast of the mouth, mouth. They make wine from the spine of their bulldogs. They stick their thumb in their eyeballs and make people knowledge. Yeah, that's what's happening. Reach into his chest and pull out his ribs, man. Let me bite on that chest bone. Sock it to me one time. Give up, brother. Give up. It's sci-fi, please. Can I have a fried It's all pretty much self-explanatory, isn't it? That's Screamin' Jay Hawkins, and that is Feast of the Mau Mau. Mm-mm. Between that and alligator wine, you should have a wonderful feast this evening, and maybe you can throw in a few... Big brains. Just to recap, I mentioned earlier, if you're interested in this documentary, The Monsanto Hearings, it's at the Museum of Contemporary Art Detroit, which is also called MOCAD. It's Saturday at 8 p.m. Admission is free. It's a one-hour-long documentary of an ongoing political art project in which mock trials were held of Monsanto in Illinois and Iowa. So that's at the Museum of Contemporary Art Saturday at 8 p.m. I've been Mike for a while and still maybe for an extended period of time. Coming up in a moment, Arbuff will help us to face the music. Let's ride on out of here. Be careful out there. It's a very dangerously nice day with lots of spooky ghouls and things like that. Or it will be in a few days, I think. Let's go out on a sandwich and then maybe something else. Please enjoy. Keep listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor and don't stop.
It was an Englishman, the Earl of Sandwich, who invented the portable meal of two slices of bread put together with a rich, flavorful filling. But we Americans popularized the handy sandwich. And today, more Americans are carrying sandwiches than ever before in history. The fillings for good sandwiches are quite a problem these days. So I want to tell you how to make the ration points you spend for fillings do double duty. Use WCBN cheese spreads. With these cheese treats, you spread in rich, moist goodness and tantalizing flavor at one and the same time. You better stock up both for lunchbox sandwiches and the wonderful holiday snacks you make in a hurry with WCBN FM Ann Arbor. The record stuck, 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 the record stuck. This is the What's Happening Sound Radio. That's where it is. The global beat, the local news, music, sports, and interviews. All of the action can be found on radio. Radio. The What's Happening Sound. This is the What's Happening Sound Radio. That's where it is. Community activities. This is the real world of broadcasting, WCBN-FM. Time for Face the Music. I think the saxophones have it for the next hour. Thank you. 